Hello and welcome to the Deep State Consciousness Podcast. Today I'm joined by Rob Blake. Rob is a massage therapist with shamanic inclinations as he weaves his spirituality into that practice. Good morning, Rob. Hello, good morning. Okay, so out of everyone I've had on, you're perhaps the most challenging person to put in a box because you, ostensibly, you're a massage therapist. Or yes. There's this shamanic spiritual thing going on within that. And you found massage to be a vehicle for expressing your spirituality. Uh, yes, I think, I, I think that's right. Um, I basically, I, after my corporate career, I retrained in holistic massage. And for some years before that, I'd been exploring sh sort of some shamanic approaches. Um, the great teachers I had on my shamanic workshops, they used to sometimes have a break from the shamanic stuff. Um, and Howard is also a shiatsu teacher. Um, so we'd have a break where he'd guide us to do shiatsu on e each other and then go back to the shamanic uh, workshop. And it just kind of came to me, why, why not combine the two at the same time? Okay, so it was sh shamanism that got you into massage? It was, yeah, it was kind of a bit of both. It was like two, two different routes. Because um, uh, when I left my corporate career, I decided I wanted to retrain in holistic massage and that would be my main kind of therapy. Um, but that in itself is sort of one part of bigger things. Okay, well, we'll take us back a little bit further than that to how you got into shamanism, because that's, that's not a usual thing to do, so I'm sure there's a story there. Was that the first form of spirituality you explored? I think it probably was, yeah. Um, when I was still in my corporate job, I realised um, like my whole life was just the corporate world, um, and I wanted to explore something different. And at that time, I went to do um, a psychology A-level at night school. I met some really weird and wonderful people. And by a bizarre synchronicity, it turned out that there was this amazing lady who lived in my very road who was doing Kabbalistic meditations. So I went along to that, and then some people from that group were starting to do shiatsu at night school. Um, so that's how I started my journey with my massage and body work. Um, and then it turned out that Howard, who was teaching that course, his amazing wife came in one evening to give us a meditation. I started to talk about shamanism and I went on, although I thought this is really not for me. Um, I ended up going on a workshop with them and to my surprise, found there really was something in it for me. Right, because yeah, it is quite a... Uh, could be a culture shock, right? If if you're describing your whole life as being the corporate world and you go for a, a psychology A-level, which is still within the bounds of normality, it's still within <laughs> yes. the rational, acceptable world in which we live. Yes. And then all of a sudden, shamanism. Yeah, <laughs> that. yeah exactly. Yeah, it was odd kind of uh, odd routine. <laughs> so what, what was the effect of that shamanism on you then did you find it personally transformative or did it open you up to new spiritual realities that you were seeking yeah i, I think it was um it, all those things you said and also that you could help people with it because i just remember on that first um workshop 
we were just sort of taught a way to do shamanic journeys and then we were paired up at random with people and I found I was picking up things about people I'd never met that was that were accurate Mm -hmm. um for example I, I just seem to remember working with one person and it it came up for me that they there'd been a difficulty with their birth and if that the umbilical cord was around their neck and that you know it turned out to be true mm-hmm. and I'm thinking how, how did I know that you know um so um yeah so so it was a, an unusual routine for me and as you say complete culture shock shamanism was never something I, I was expecting to explore so I think you better define shamanism a bit because it's, it's obviously it's a it refers to different spiritual practices all over the globe. Uh, what what was it for you? What kind of practices did it incorporate? Um, for, yeah, for me personally, um, one of the main things was shamanic journey into drumbeat, mm-hmm. um, and that it, it's a way you know a way to access what they might call non ordinary realities and a kind of. Uh, a different cosmic map perhaps a different cosmology um but that this isn't just out of interest you can use it for helping yourself and others um and for forms of healing and to connect with um other spiritual beings um such as power animals spirit guides so this whole this whole kind of um pantheon really of other beings who will work with you and help you, um, which I I just found amazing. Yeah, was it strange for you going back into your day job on a day right now with this kind of alternative reality going on in the background? Yeah, um, yes, it was. Um, with certain sort of like friends at work, they'd say what you've been up to at the weekend, and I'd just mm. say old oh, kind of spooky stuff, um, and. <laughs> Again, it was it was good then to start meeting other people who were into different forms of spiritualities. Um, I met a friend who's very psychic, um, who talks to dead people. <laughs> um, so it, it it was it began to open up that not necessarily at work, um, but other people around me were into exploring in their own ways. You know, th- th- there's millions of ways to do it. Um, so yes, it it was a kind of as you say, it was interesting to have corporate world and then shamanic weekends, but I guess it's all part of the same tapestry somehow. Yeah, okay. So um, time goes by, and you eventually leave the corporate world and start working as a massage therapist. What does the integration of shamanic practices look like into a massage treatment? Uh, well, I was firstly I was very lucky the. Um, professional massage uh, training I did was in a holistic massage where they were very open to the spiritual aspect as well as the physical. Um, the teacher was very inspiring and he was from a scientific background and he at that time was explaining that you're using both your left and right brain. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, the left brain is more um, understanding the anatomy of the body um, pathologists or all, all the, the, the more scientific stuff and the right brain simultaneously is more intuitive and more exploring um, and within that form of massage it's great because there are no set routines every massage is bespoke 
Um, and it's about you getting into a zone to, to do it. So when I started just playing with this and combining it with shamanic, for me, obviously it's only if the client is up for this and wants to do it, but I'll often prepare in advance by journeying or dancing and then calling in the powers uh, is another aspect of shamanism I like, which I think is a way for us, it's just a way for us to connect with all that we truly are and all that is. So the whole thing becomes co-creative. Um, so for me, then that's another aspect of the massage rather than trying to fix something, you're just allowing, just, just being open and you can be freer. Um, so often it, it can be more of a emotional experience. Um, it's not just on the physical level. And again, something I really um, admire in holistic massage is that's the intent. You're, you're, you're working together with another human being. You're not just massaging a sore shoulder, for example. Um, and then really in the session, once it's all called in, it's just that the physical aspect of the massage is, would be the same if I'm just doing holistic massage or shamanic in terms of the techniques. Um, but it just seems to open to this magical space where both of us can be maybe picking up, you know, intuitively picking up things. Um, it, it kind of opens a more magical world um, that might lead, I don't know, stuff maybe from a past life or different ways of viewing current things. It, it, um, it, it just allows a much more creative, special space, a sacred space that can also be a lot of fun as well. But it's where like all emotions are welcome. Um, and as the therapist, I feel very supported. I don't feel like it's on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. At times I'm almost like the instrument through which things can happen. Um, and for example, I found it took a, a, like a, another step forward to for, again, only for those who want it and enjoy it, but to shamanic trance dance massage, where um, I'll put suitable music on random play so that the music is kind of dancing me and then I'm touching and moving uh, my client with the music. And if, <laughs> um, that's usually only for part of the massage, not the whole sure. thing. Um, <laughs> But again, I find that that's been particularly helpful. Um, uh, some of the people I work with are also massage and or other spiritual therapists themselves. So it's helpful for us both to get out of our minds in the nicest possible way. Okay. For, okay. for the session. And the client is actively involved on a mental level in this it, process. And it's not a massage where you go along and, and zonk out for 45 minutes. It, it, it can be a whole mixture of that. It, it just depends. It's just, it's just like, you know, opening the magic box and seeing what wants to happen. So at sometimes, yes, the client might be very quiet and zoned out. At other times, it might feel better to engage them. Um, uh, and obviously, the client always, you know, I always say to them, look, if, if, if you want to do your own thing, just tell me. Because um, obviously we're working together. Mm -hmm. it, it's not just me doing something to them. Um, so it can be, uh, sometimes it's, it's kind of like a very verbal massage. 
sometimes it's very quiet. So I had a massage therapist on recently, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like buses. They all seem to come at once. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I can imagine there being a gap now. So one of the things we were talking about was how it's how a kind of psycho-spiritual process is different when the body is really engaged in some way and how like memory and trauma is stored mm -hmm. in the body. Yes. And having like a strong physical contact can help to bring that to the surface. Yes. And I recalled, I, I'd never quite made this connection in my mind before, but just after the time I started to really get into resolving issues in the psyche, say, and my principal tool for doing that would have been meditation to sit with them and become present with myself and allow what was going on within me to come to the surface and resolve within my mind. I also took a massage course and I, I'd never had the, really the intention of working as a massage therapist, but I was very, very interested in the potential of energy healing. Okay. I, I'd had, um, I'd seen both dramatic results with myself and others through that modality. But I also felt that Western anatomical knowledge perhaps had quite a lot to offer it. So I wanted to get more of a sense of this other form of bodywork. And it, it hadn't really occurred to me the role that it played. And maybe I'd been intuitively drawn to do something that was very, very physical when I was going through this psycho-spiritual process. Okay. And the role that having kind of firm body contact and people pressing into my muscles played in that. Because often you would experience things like that, either for doing energy healing or through doing a massage thing um, of the experience of emotion coming up afterwards through the, through that connection. And I think it's something that the teachers on the, the course who were all uh, fairly, you know, well, they were all science-based individuals knew just from their experience, if nothing else, that the body stores emotion. And when you press certain muscles, people can get upset about things and it all comes to the surface. So I wonder what your experiences of that, of how this incorporation of this contact with the body plays into that journey in the psyche uh yeah personally i i you know like you i i, I think it's absolutely profound and there is something about nurturing human touch um which i, I you know i don't know of another equivalent um and so yes i think it's it's for someone to to, to feel that they're genuinely in a safe space and as you say, there's something about the physical touch um, which enables um, a level of healing, which I, I personally am very drawn to, um, and that it can be very simple as well. Um, that, that's where for myself, it's helpful for me to, to like be aware of, but get out of my mind about at times, the, the anatomy because you're also working on a different level mm. so it's both highly relevant and also a way to come around it and that's where I find it fascinating is bringing the two together because clearly you know we're all in physical bodies that they're, they're extremely important and I completely concur you know about the body having muscle memory emotional memory and exactly that it can be surprising what comes up
And in fact, that thank you, you just remind me, this partly the way I work now is because I've had earlier on some clients who came for massage and some of them would say, but they didn't know what to do with their mind during the massage. And sometimes we're having maybe disturbing thoughts. So trying in this way, trying to engage so that it's body mind and knowing that they're safe. If, you know, if they do want to cry or make sounds or say something that it's, it's perfectly okay. Yeah. Because although I, I never really thought of that, but if you don't make people aware of it, then it could be quite disturbing for them if they're sort yes. of, yeah. And I never thought of that in a massage context. I'm very aware of it in a meditation context, right? Cause I think it's a problem. Uh, one of the problems with the like big expansion of mindfulness, which is like overwhelmingly a, a wonderful thing. Okay. That that's happened. But I think if it becomes secularized to the point of not even acknowledging the psyche and emotion and how that can come up and people think it's okay, it's just a relaxation exercise. Um, then if people are doing it and emotion does start to come up, that it's not even in their, their mind that that can happen, right? So they've got no context for it. And I think it's something has gone wrong with them. So yeah, that's, it, stri- it, is, it strikes me how important it is in, in massage too to, to make people aware of that. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree how vital that is and therefore explaining about the session uh, and that all emotions are welcome, um, that it's perfectly okay to speak or make sounds or to contribute. You don't just have to kind of lie there suffering if if you've got troubling thoughts or emotions. Um, And perhaps to help with that, uh, I also find with people, if, if they're happy with that, before we start the, the, the physical massage, to have a chat around what's going on in their life, why they've come uh, for, for the session. Um, and obviously quite understandably, people tend to start with the problems or what's wrong. And I like to try and help support them in, into uh, like a, a transformation, an alchemy to, okay, we're identifying what's wrong, what we don't want, so what, what do you want? Um, you know, if, if, if you're not, if you don't like feeling restricted in your life, presumably, you know, they might say, so I, what I do want is freedom or whatever, you know, whatever's going on. Um, and obviously including what's going on in the physical body. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I find that helps set the intent for both of us of where we're going. So I always find as probably as we all do that a massage session is a journey but it helps define the destination before we start. Okay, so it's, it's kind of like an act of intentional magic then, you're trying to manage. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and also saying within that, that we can change our intent as well. If mm-hmm. something else comes up during the massage, um, but it helps me and also to, as it were, to honor the problems or what seems negative and help them transform. Um, so it, 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 again, it's trying to make everything welcome. Okay, yeah, sure. Because my, my experience of that kind of intentional manifesting is that it does bring up the blockages yeah. to it. Yeah. So if I intend to have a certain thing happen in my work or something, as I do that, I'm focusing on it and it feels, yeah, this would be great, this would be great to step into. And then I find this is just a sense of resistance and all of a sudden some fear will emerge. Of, oh, that's why I'm not stepping into it. Yes, indeed. Indeed. So it, it, it tends to be ups and downs, um, like 
waves through the massage of great optimism, sometimes fear. And I think it's just having, knowing that you're in a genuinely safe space um, where you will be held and supported through that um, is really important. Um, and as the massage therapist, it helps me to be in that space feeling open up to much more than, you know, what I appear to be in the same way, allowing the client, I'm trying to see the client as they truly are. Um, so again, it's, it's helping to allow the well-being and honour, as you say, any discomfort or obstacles along the way. Yeah. So Rob, talk us through some experiences you've had with clients and the, what kind of transformational shifts they've experienced through, through this process. Um, yeah, th there was one amazing guy who came, um, who I met through he, uh, some shamanic courses, and he also does body work and all sorts of things. And I was therefore, to be honest, a bit nervous because he's so great at what he does. Um, but anyway, we just thought, you know, let's go with it, open the space. Obviously, he was very up for my approach. He was intrigued with it. Um, and he was very up for part of the session to be the shamanic trance dance. Mm -hmm. uh, and he'd been working with um, fairy energy. So we invited this in and part of it was really fun. We were laughing because it was quite silly. And, but it's really helped opening up him up. And then I think when we turned his body over, we went into a, the energy completely changed. And I knew there was something really profound going on. And I was by then just mostly doing holds on his body. Um, and when we were, and, 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 you know, gave him, as all clients, lots of time to relax on the table at the end of the session. Uh, when we were talking about it afterwards, he, he was profoundly moved and what the shift had been for him. Um, I didn't know this, but apparently he'd been adopted as a child and had always therefore had um, uh, abandonment issues, particularly around mother. And what happened in that session was that he made a profound connection with, with Mother Earth. Wow. So he, he found, you know, a complete, uh, uh, like a magical way to help support him and to at least to some extent resolve some of his issues. And again, that was wonderful because it was, you know, I, I wasn't aware that this was even a problem. Mm. Um, and again, you can see by him being actively involved. Um, yes. And I can also see the shifting consciousness, the, the trance music or whether it's drum beats, um, the, the process of being massaged, because that alone tends to make people shift into a different space. So all this combined with intentionality uh, takes a person into a different place where these kind of profound healing shifts can occur. Yes. Resolving issues around paternal abandonment is a pretty big thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, another thing that I, I've realized over time is that I, when I started off, I was tending to give very long sessions. Mm -hmm. um, but now, uh, again, with that intention, and hopefully we're working with infinite love, infinite intelligence, it's like, if I'm setting the intent that the, the massage itself will be an hour or maybe an hour and a half, the magic will happen in that time. Um, so usually 
the actual massage on the table is uh, now an hour or may, maybe an hour and a half. Um, but again, it's very much about trusting, um, feeling that we're both connected to infinite love, infinite intelligence, um, expecting magic, being in the wonder, allowing miracles. Um, so uh, I think that that's become very important to me that, it, you know, it just trust it. It will happen in okay. the time you've given. That's, um, that's no small thing, actually, because I think it's been a big concern when I've done session, meditative sessions with people is I feel I want to keep adding more time on and more time on and do more sessions, right? Um, because I'm very confident in the process and I don't want to just give too little time, okay, for it to, to play out and walk away from it feeling like, oh, if we just done another half hour. And it's something that I've had to, I suppose, come to that trust without really consciously thinking about it, of defining limits on time and trusting that what needs to arise will arise within within the set time frame just to make this kind of thing manageable. So it's it's really intriguing. Like I almost glanced over that thought you were expressing there, and then it occurred to me, hang on, this is this is very interesting point that you feel you can set an intention around a time frame which helps with that yes indeed and and it in fact when, when i was um still working in a in a, a therapy center and they that they were doing an open day so on that occasion i had nine massages back to back it wasn't so much shamanic massage at that time but it was very intense on that day um, and one client was really late because of traffic. So we ended up with something ridiculous, like nine minutes on the, the massage table. But again, it just helped me to, to really take a breath and try and turn it around. Like, oh, we've got nine whole minutes. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my, my normal Rob brain was panicking and, you know, and I thought, no, 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 no. Let's look at this differently. Wow. What, how, how do you go straight to it? Um, and it was intriguing and the person really enjoyed their nine minute massage. Um, yeah, wow. <laughs> but so I think that kind of helped, helped me with that. Cause like you, you, you want to try and give more and more and more. Yeah. And I have to admit it, it puts me to shame really, because when I worked at a, a healing center in the past doing uh, hands-on energy healing with people, I would always be very frustrated that they try and, give people these kind of 20 minute tasters because i think well, you're not going to taste anything in 20 minutes you know i'd, I'd get quite um frustrated I, i'd want to do much longer because you get a more profound effect i never really i um i, I never really considered you know uh, i never had that positive an attitude about it rob from being honest about like uh, maybe the 20 minutes is just what that person needs um, mm. you know, they're on their journey and healing is not uh, an absolute healing today is not necessarily what their soul requires and you should work within the confines of that so i think it's it's very interesting to me the thoughts you're expressing around time yeah, yeah i think it uh, and again i still struggle with it myself but it but it, it's more than i know i'm flowing with what's going on mm. and as you say sometimes you know we make assumptions like this person needs three hours or whatever and actually the, the cosmos or whatever you want to call it or their higher self knows better and so yeah <laughs> well just talk us through because you mentioned setting an intention for a particular outcome okay yeah. but then that intention has to meet this higher cosmos thing okay which maybe knows better 
So I always found this a challenging contradiction in healing work, right? Because if I sit down and somebody's got, you know, a bad knee, I, the intention is for that knee to get better. But then if you're, we're looking at the, the body as expressing the psyche in some way, then you can't just view it in a mechanical sense because why is the knee bad? What's going on in their life that's produced a bad knee? Okay, or maybe it's nothing, but I've certainly had injuries which have definitely been psychosomatic. Definitely, they've they've arisen as a response to not being able to cope with life. Um, so there's, and that was always again challenging for me because I wanted I, I wanted to look at it in a kind of mechanical way. It sometimes, you know, and uh, just push through that. But at the same time, recognize well, well, you can't really, and and then how do you deal with that deeper process? So you're there's different intentions or mingling there and you've got to balance them out maybe yeah absolutely and for me it, it the balance will be different with different people especially if they're coming what with what's presenting as a very physical thing and obviously it depends how much they're open you know um but to me uh, the best the best way it is one way of viewing it is the, is the left and right brain both that, mm, yeah. that, that you know clearly and and usually yeah if if for example if it's a knee that's probably that start with the knee but then work out from it completely and again for me it's just like trusting trusting guidance um so for example i sometimes have the experience that my or other healing guides will work through me um and for example i don't know if you experienced this but just just having say a knee held can be really wonderful just to have hands on it um even without a highly technical <laughs> intervention or something um but I, that's what i feel is it's just being open to well-being very in, much which, so. yeah. in whichever way it comes in and hopefully of course you want it to give relief physically to the knee but as you say it could actually about it's the tip of you know it's a presenting problem of something completely different yeah no absolutely because that's principally what i was interested in in energy healing was just the effect of holding parts of someone's body and bringing awareness to it Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I think there probably is some kind of energy going on there that we're not quite aware of in, the, uh, you know, yeah. some sort of bio electromagnetic force going on. That would make sense to me. That's inducing these healing effects, but there's also forces we are aware of. Okay. Like we know that it produces a certain psychological response within to be touched. Yes. And we know the attention the person is giving us, their intent when they're touching us comes through too. Yes. And absolutely. that changes the soma, changes the body. So I can't disentangle those things into an explanation of exactly what does which bit, but I saw profound healing effects through bringing awareness to situations um, on a physical level. Um, like I worked with a, a lady who'd had um, a lot of damage to her shoulder from. From radiotherapy and like a year of physio hadn't touched it she still couldn't raise it above night raise her arm above 90 degrees and, and like two sessions of energy healing and it was basically back to normal um, and that's not a statement of how wonderful i am it's just a statement of how anyone by just believing in 
and taking a chance on on the possibility of just bringing awareness to something um, can facilitate these kind of healing experiences. It's very, very simple. And I did see a parallel between, okay, so if I'm, if I'm using meditation to look into my psyche, what's going on there? Well, I find it's not trying to rearrange and fix and transform issues in the psyche. It's just giving a loving awareness to them and holding them in that and allowing them to open up. So I figure it's something similar on a physical level, whereby just giving awareness to another person, uh, it might be facilitated by touch. Maybe you don't even need touch, but it's that awareness that, that's doing the healing. And I suppose it had always intrigued me about how that could be woven into a massage treatment, right? How do massage therapists consider the quality of the awareness they're bringing, the intention they're bringing to a session? Um, yeah, yeah. And I so okay, Rob, so let me ask you then, um, have, you've given a, a great example of someone who had a kind of a spiritual healing, almost psychological, spiritual healing around issues of maternal abandonment. What have you seen healings go on on a physical level through this kind of shamanic massage? Yeah. Um, uh, first, of all, just going back to what you were saying, I, I absolutely concur with everything you're saying. And I think what I realize more and more, it, it what another profound principle as is, acknowledging and welcoming whatever's going on so even the acknowledgement of pain or discomfort seems to be an important step on it resolving itself um and yes so to answer your question more recently actually um one of my neighbors is um captain of the, the cricket team here and he was having real physical problems with his shoulder which means he he, he he was unable to bowl um and so he came kind of just just for more like a physical massage and i'm saying i'm explaining look i'm not i'm not a sports massage therapist but let's have a look and again i still was naturally kind of going into the zone and i just felt a few although it seemed more on the physical level but just trying a few stretches um i'd looked up online anyway before just to try and get some physical techniques that might be helpful but we actually did both go into the zone and i found myself just on an extension hold bit of traction on his shoulder and you could kind of feel something shift and one he went he was he was amazed how relaxed he was from the massage and secondly, he came and so saying, but I can move my shoulder. You know, it, it, it did really help on the physical. Um, so I, I, I agree with you. I have no idea how all this works. It's more just trusting it and using obviously logical logic where it's helpful for physical anatomy. There are clearly things that tend to work and don't. Um, but that allowing of well-being um, and then whichever way it wants to come I also sometimes find in that that when I'm massaging it it's it's as if the person's body is a physical landscape um, and so again it can be interesting like if you're slowly sliding up someone's back it's 
it sometimes feels like I'm a, a glacier giving pressure on the land. And again, if my guides come in, or sometimes I, it might be for them, um, and in that mix, sometimes uh, they may, it might feel to me like the client is, is becoming their power animal, which again, therefore, if you can <laughs> imagine if, say, you're massaging an eagle rather than an elephant, um, you're likely to use slightly different techniques yeah. and approaches. And again, I find that's a kind of interesting way to be guided. Um, and sometimes it feels right to say, you know, would an eagle mean something to you? Sometimes it seems better not to. Um, there's just no fixed way. It's more just allowing the magic. Um, and often very much for me as much as possible to be in that calm, alert, magical space myself. Um, uh, because I agree, I feel very... Uh, sorry for massage therapists who might be working in a posh spa or something where you know they're doing six five or six back-to-back -back massages it must be very difficult to maintain um especially in those cases where they have to do exactly the same massage for each client so for me i just couldn't work that way sure yeah um and I'm very lucky, so I can still give a lot more time around each session. Uh, and that I'm not rushing, not usually rushing to the next client. Yeah. And um, so that I have space to kind of uh, be myself. Um, in terms of expectations, I was taken by surprise once. I was asked um, uh, by a guy I knew who, who worked a lot with NLP and he was doing some amazing courses. Um, and he asked me to come along and for those who wanted it to do shamanic massage and <laughs> he just said in front of the whole group and Rob will, Rob will pick up exactly what's going on for you at a much deeper level and tell you and this will add to your and I'm thinking oh my god no yeah, pressure that's kind, of, that's kind of NLP right because he's making a suggestion yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually again it, it, it did it kind of pushed me but it was fascinating what was coming up for people what we did pick up um it was also very challenging because at that time he was working with a new uh, partner a dutch guy who was amazing and so he said he needed to have a massage from me to understand what it was all about and he'd not had body work and he was very dutch and that he was very upfront about everything so you know usually in the way i'm taught you you leave the room to let someone to get undressed on the table uh, under a sheet for modesty yeah the dutch don't bother with that sort no, of no and he's saying well, what's that what's that all about he said you're going to see me and, I, and i'm trying to say yeah for you personally i understand that but if say i'm if you can imagine some of the ladies on your course they might prefer to be under a sheet um but what was really fascinating was that he, for him, it felt like being under a sheet in a mortuary on a slab. So it had a completely different connotation. And during the massage, he just wasn't right giving anything. It was quite challenging, the massage. And I was thinking, oh God, this is not going well. And he was saying, well, can you pick up on my spirit guide? And I said, 
do you know, all I'm getting is a flower. And after the session, he was amazing. He gave me a big hug and he said the flower was of huge significance to him. Um, and, you know, again, it was great because he did have a positive experience and he actually came back to me privately a couple of times. Um, <laughs> so, so thankfully, again, it, it did actually work. Some, something happened for him beyond the physical. Uh, and he also got that sense of his, in the session, his body being honoured. Mm -hmm. um, because for, for me as well, I think that that's kind of an important aspect that you're really honouring the other person's body. Well, and, and in fact, your own. Um, I, 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 so, yes, so it, 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 it's a, a rich tapestry. Okay, Rob, so you're based in Wells in the southwest of England, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm based in Wells. Um, I can, uh, people can come to my house, which is an intriguing place because it was actually a Victorian mental asylum. Um, so it's quite a, a wonderful building to work in. Um, but also I can visit people within about a 15 mile radius. Um, and also obviously chat by Skype or online if, if that can be of help as a initial form of contact okay thanks rob we'll put your contact details in below and thank you very much thank you richard thank you very much indeed